Welcome to the Tom Castro Shooting Academy podcast. You have now entered the next level. All right, guys, welcome to the Tom Castro Next Level Podcast. So I am excited to uh, have a special podcast this week because, well, we haven't done one in a little while. I've been super busy, but I have some special guests. I have Christina, I have Mason, and I have Mr. Craig. So we are going to get down and dirty about one of the best divisions in this sport. PCC nationals. So, and I know everyone's going to hate most of this episode because it talks about a rifle, but <laughs> it was a great match. And we were all lucky enough to shoot together, which was awesome. I'm going to tell you, I don't always get to shoot with a full squad of people that I'm friends with. I think there was only maybe three people that I didn't know on the whole squad. Right. I mean, we knew just about everybody like we shot with before or, were around. I had a couple of students that were there. You guys were there. And uh, that was a, I had a great time at that match. So it was fun shooting with you guys. And I had the best match that I've shot in a long time with no practice, which was really kind of weird. I don't know how that was supposed to work out. Um, and I also had, um, I had just started training Christina which was interesting because I had to separate coaching from friends because we're friends. So I had to separate coaching friendship and my own shooting at that match. So that was interesting. And Mason's my friend. Mason's been a student of mine for dude. Is it over? It's over a year now, right? Are we going into two years yet? Yeah, Pushing two years. Okay. Two years. Um, and Craig is one of my best friends. Like, I talked to him almost every day and both of them were shooting against each other in the same division at nationals on the same squad. So I watched both of them <laughs> beating the shit out of each other at the match. So that was interesting. Craig would do well. Mason would do shitty. Mason would crush it. Craig would do shitty. Then they would both do well. And I'm like, I don't even want to know who's winning. <laughs> so it was interesting. Uh, it was kind of interesting from my side to watch that happen so um it, it was it was interesting it was it was definitely one of the it was a different match for me because i was there for me to do well but i didn't have any expectations maybe that's why i did okay i don't know it's kind of weird how that works i mean i hadn't practiced i hadn't shot pcc in two years um i don't even think i picked the rifle up other than to do a few videos so that was interesting and i went into that match with about 600 rounds of practice, I think I shot the week before, right after Open Nationals, and uh, I did well. So it was interesting. I don't, I don't know. It's kind of, kind of interesting how it worked out. But Christina, that was the first time I've seen you shoot. Uh, well, that was the first time you shot a match after we trained together. What did you think about the match? Uh, I we just trained probably two weeks before yeah. that. Yep. So. <laughs> And it was, I mean, we did eight hours of one-on-one. -on -one. Right. So I learned a lot very quickly, um, made a lot of gains in those two days, but to bring it into application and be like consistent with it um, or like be at the level that I'm learning to be or want to be and can be and seeing it and then actually doing it like two weeks later. Um, that's about impossible to do. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I like 
took a month off work and I trained really hard, but it became very obvious very quickly that this won't be like the match, but I could see where I was going and I was happy when I did things we had trained together well. Um, and it was awesome shooting with you guys and shooting with the team. Like that was, that was a really fun match, but it, it definitely, I saw where I could grow and I'm like, man, if I just do this consistently, or if I don't do this dumb thing here, or, you know, like when I executed things well, like shooting a lot of steel on the move, like little steel far away, I was moving on steel like crazy and successfully. And then I would kind of like mess up on a wide open target. So <laughs> that actually happened pretty consistently through the match. <laughs> I would execute something like super hard and shoot everything on the move. No mics and be like wide open target. Cause like, I guess I, I didn't respect it. Or I think I, even just like embracing the fundamentals on the easier stuff more, just like putting the rifle into my shoulder more. If I did that, or if I do that, 100% of the time, it'll be a lot harder to miss. But I mean, I shot some crazy stuff on the move that I never would have. And I, I did it well consistently through the match. So um, that was really exciting. So I think um, what you brought up is a good point. I think a lot of people go to training and they go to classes and they expect um, instant results. You didn't. We talked about this like when we had the class. You were like, I don't think I'm going to be able to execute this the way I want to, but if I can get something now, I have something to work on, but I'm going to use as much as I can or hold on to and, and, and try to focus on it while I'm getting ready for the match. Right. That was kind of what the conversation was, it was never like, okay, I'm going to do this at nationals. That was the best part of the conversation that we would always have. It was never like, this is, I'm doing this. It was, I'm going to train for the next two weeks on this, this, and this, because these are the things I think I can get the most out of right away and then go to nationals. And it's funny as hell because I remember talking to you almost, and I remember some specific stages that I was like, yes, you nailed that shit. Like, that's exactly what we trained. That's exactly what you were focused on and you crushed it. And then I remember looking at you at the same time and going, but you didn't get good results, did you? And you go, no, I fucking missed this or I did that. And I go, welcome to learning new shit. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> like you did exactly what you were supposed to do. Your timing was perfect. Everything was perfect, but you haven't really locked it in. Right. Right. So I started giving people a month. Like I told everybody now, like now when I go to a class, I tell everybody at the beginning, I said, welcome to sucking for a month. You're going to suck for a month, period. I don't care how hard, good you are, how great you think you're going to be. You are going to suck for a month if you truly focus on getting better. Right. And you don't just go, okay, cool. I'm going to learn this and then I'm just going to try it. And then if it doesn't work, I'm going to quit. You have to embrace that you're going to suck for a little while because it's how it works. The reason you shoot the way you are is because you keep doing the same thing, right? Like in, in general, everybody does it. You get stuck doing the same thing over and over and over again. So eventually it takes that. All right, man, I'm, I'm going to, I'm okay with some Charlie Deltas and mics for a little while. And then I'm going to, it'll, it'll come back around. Right. And that was the thing at that match that I, I would say the number one thing that you crushed at nationals was your gun was up every time oh, you yeah. entered a position. That oh, was one yeah. of the biggest things that you had a problem with when we first started training that I was like, get your gun up, get your gun up. And you were like, I'm getting my gun up at nationals. <laughs> yeah. If I saw, I mean, my gun was up and ready. And if I saw the sights on the, on the target, I mean, that trigger was pulled. So yep. yeah, that actually, that did go very well. 
And when you start, um, when you start, when you start getting better, that, that target gets smaller, right? So now like Brown isn't acceptable. It, you start to see this, the target sooner because you're aiming sooner. So, but it just takes time. It, it takes a lot of time. Like I've been doing this four years and I still suck, right? Like it, you just, you never, there's always something new to get better at. That's why it's so crazy. Like, that's why I was so excited to watch you at nationals. I was like, yeah, like she got it. Like it's in there. It just isn't executed yet. Sometimes, sometimes it doesn't always get in there. Right. So like when you see a student that gets it, you're like, all right, it's just going to take some, just stick with it. Keep, keep sucking. I promise it'll go away, <laughs> but you know, no one likes that. Like, I hate it. Like I hate not being good. So when you get those moments where you're like, God, I'm not good. You just have to kind of embrace those, you know? So that was like the biggest thing. Like, I'm so glad you brought that up. Cause you definitely like showed major in two weeks. That was the crazy part. That was what was so exciting for me was that it's only two weeks ago, right? Yes. <laughs> Before the match. That's crazy. It was intense. So, all right, Mason. So what'd you think, man? What'd you think of nationals? Cause we, I had to give you a pep talk. You know, the, one of the first stages thought I crushed it. Like, yeah, that looks really good. You turn around, you see the RO holding the timer still like, Oh crap. What did I forget? <laughs> there it is. Wide open target mags already in the pocket. It's like, Oh, great. this is going to be awesome. You ended up taking a mic on that stage because you just shot what was in the gun, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah, you just ripped one. Yeah. I would like, I, I would love to say ripped one, but like 14 seconds later feeling, right? Like you, I was just like, oh shit, that's going to hurt, right? Like, and you did rip that stage. I mean, you murdered it, all, all yep. of them, but one, you know, like. <laughs> it's way faster to shoot a stage if you just skip targets. Your time goes way up. <laughs> Yes. Uh, very true. Very, very true. And I remember, Oh, was that our first stage of the match? It, it was like the first or second stage. In, I think it yeah, was our second a, stage. I think it was, it was our second stage. stage. And the reason why I say it was our second stage is because I immediately got on your ass about it. Cause you oh, had yeah. shot the first stage and I was like, okay, like he's all right. You gonna, you gotta like get stuff on paper still. Right. Cause you didn't have terrible hits on your first one, but you could just tell you were jacked. Like you were ready to rip <laughs> at I nationals. And I was kind of in the same boat you were. I had been busy and not time to practice. And the only other time I'd got a shoot was area eight, like a month before that. Yeah. That's not good. <laughs> no. Yeah. It's never feel it's a good feeling when you're going into Nats. Right. Yeah. So. That was what, that was one of the things that I had was kind of crazy, right? Because I'm pep talking you and you're shooting against Craig, right? So it's kind of one of those things where it's like, both of you guys are my friends. So it was, it was easy because I didn't want to see either one of you lose or either one of you win, right? Like if you guys would have both tied, I'd have been like, fuck yeah, what a great day. <laughs> I mean, for you two, that might not sound fun, but for me, it was awesome. Cause I didn't have to go. Oh, I'm sorry, Craig, or sorry, Mason. Like that sucks, dude. You know? So it was, um, it, I've never had that before. I've never had two friends that were competing against each other like that on the same squad, right. That I had to physically watch. Like it wasn't, I couldn't just walk away. I mean, I had to watch both of you shoot against each other. So it was interesting. It was, um, 
it was kind of, it was kind of weird, but it was fun because I, I feel like I handled it. Okay. Right. I never went, all right, Craig, dude, you got him. Or I went over to you and like, you got him. You know what I mean? It was never like, well, I never felt like that. All the time. What's that? I said, you said that to both of us all the time. You lying bastard. <laughs> <laughs> I said, but you know what? Well, we'll get into it later. But I, I knew when uh, one, that one of you won, I knew right away. Like I didn't need to know the score. I just knew, like, I knew it was close at the, on the last day. So I knew when, which, which one won. So, uh, which we'll get into that later. Cause that was an interesting stage. You guys, you, those two stages that were joined together, you guys killed me on that. I was like, what the fuck are you guys doing? <laughs> All right, Craig, what do you think, man? How'd you think? How'd you I, feel um, about that? I thought, I mean, I don't think the match was too terribly difficult. I think it was, it was just straight up. It was fun. Uh, I had blasts with the squad. It was my first time meeting Mason and I instantly liked him, you know? And it's interesting. Like you kept saying we're shooting against each other, but I never thought that was never really on my mind. Like I'm shooting against him. Like we constantly talked back and forth, like, Hey, you know, watch out for this or do this or, you know what I mean? It was, you know, it was never like, uh, I'm not going to talk to Mason because, uh, you know, I want to beat him. It was, it was nothing like that. It was, um, it was more of a friendly thing. I, I, you know, I never thought about it like that. It was, we, we it ended up being that we both shot against each other, but, um, you know, I instantly liked him. I had a blast. It was great. I mean, I thought the match was great. It was well run. Um, I thought we all helped each other. Like I would, I would, I know I was, you know, Mason would tell, tell me, Hey, you know, do this, do that, watch out for this. And I would do the same thing with him. And, um, did you not tell him about all the targets on that stage? He forgot the target yeah. or. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so like, um, it was, um, what else? So there was, it was just, um, when I would do well, like what you would say, there was, it was kind of weird. I would do well on the stage and he would suck. And then he would do well and then I would suck. And it was, it would happen to be that those two, like that's what would happen on those particular stages that that would happen, you know, that would happen. And then I would watch Christine and Christine is just having a good grand old time. And then like, there was one stage, I forgot third day where she's taking stuff on the move and she's just like hooping and hollering because I remember she was talking about like, you know, Hey, I'm going to stop and do this. I'm like, no, just shoot that shit on the move, you know? And she, sure enough, she did it. And she was, you know, it was, and she did it and hit everything. Perfect. So um, it was fun. It would be, fun. it was, it was cool because I never met, I always saw Jerry Rosario, uh, um, uh, Rosano, Rosano, I forgot his Rosano. name. Rosano. Um, I always seen him, you know, at matches and we got, first time I got to shoot with him, got to meet him. It was fun. Uh, I really liked him a lot. Um, our whole squad was great. You know, so it made for just a great three days. You know, it was just fun. Um, even you know, listen, man, you'd love to you love to win everything, and that that would that was not the case for me. But I'm certainly very happy Mason won. Um, sometimes you get the bull, and sometimes the bull gets you, man. <laughs> That's the way it goes. Yeah, you guys, um, you both earned an opportunity to win. Does that make sense? Like you guys both shot well enough to win, and it was just. So I'm, I'm a firm believer that neither one of you lost on one bullet, right? There's an entire match that you shot lots of opportunities to clean things up. So one of the conversations that I had with Craig at the end of the match was like, cause we drove home together and we kind of talked a little bit and I said, so where do you feel like you lost the match? And he was just like, and he lost the match technically on a Mike, no shoot on, on a target. And so we're having this conversation and I told him, I said, dude, you didn't lose it on that. 
I said, you lost it on this stage or that stage or this stage or whatever. And he was just like, yeah, you're right. I definitely had my opportunities. Mason, same thing. He had plenty of opportunities to not even be close and, and just crush it. So it's funny how our brains or us as shooters go back to that one bullet, right? And it's not one bullet. It's a lot of bullets <laughs> that we have taken and shot in Charlie's or Delta's or Mike's, right? Like obviously the obvious ones are Mike's like, Oh, great. Uh, like, you know, those are obvious, but what about that? Charlie that was on a target that was five feet away from you. That's a guaranteed two point negative to you. When I had somebody or somebody had an opportunity at five points, which gives them a two point bonus. How much time would it have taken to make sure that you were in the A zone instead of a, a Charlie that, that those are the targets that we don't look at enough. Unfortunately, we just, I think it depends on the level that you are as a shooter that you start changing your mindset so that Charlie's are absolutely disgusting penalties. Like they start becoming penalties to you. And I think that's where levels change. Right. But like we were talking and I was like, dude, you didn't lose on that one shot. Like you lost it from uh, on other things throughout the whole match. And you remember you have three days to suck <laughs> or make mistakes. And that's the big thing about nationals. I tell everybody, you have to go to nationals to really see how you are as a shooter because Mason, and Craig both shot consistently, right? They had their moments like everybody does on those matches where they make mistakes, but they consistently shot for three days. That's how you win tournaments. Christina's results weren't what she wanted, but she shot, you shot consistently for three days. She shot I mean, the best I've ever seen her shoot. Yes, but you still sucked, right? But, well, that's but she because, got way better. But no, no, she but that's better. because she doesn't, she had, it didn't have time, Right. But that's the crazy part is like, you could look at that in such a negative way. Like you were so upset with yourself at the end of the match. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, I'm going to slap you. Like you did awesome. But, but the numbers don't always show it. (sighs) Yeah. My last stage was like my worst one too. It was was a six time stage, which was different. And everyone, I think in our whole squad made it through that sucker. Except for me, I think, and I was like, and I blew it bad. Like I was like, alpha. Was that the Virginia count? Was that the Virginia count stage? Yes. Yeah. Time Virginia count, and I blew it, and I, I mean, I don't even want to look at the points, but I have right. a feeling if I actually made it through that stage. Right. I would go from like ninth to like sixth lady. So we like talked about it by like a percent or less. Or something. Yeah. We talked about your scores. I think you needed 15 points to jump like up to the top five. Like it was yeah. crazy. It wasn't a lot. Yeah. They right? were, it was all super close. Like, so I yeah. mean, I'm like thinking about like little mics and stuff. And I'm just like, get over it. Well, and that's, <laughs> but here's, but that's most people. And this is something that I learned this year. Cause I shot every nationals, but single stack. Every single match, I was one bullet or two bullets away from top 10. Every It's so frustrating. That's why I said it's not an entire, it's not one bullet. It's not, it's an entire match, right? That you have to think about right. it. But like yep. a great example is uh, Carry Optics Nationals. I was 31st. So pissed. <laughs> One bullet, 15 points takes me from 31st to in the top 20. One bullet, because I had a mic, a, a mic, no shoot. Fix that, it's totally different score. It just, those are, but that's how it works at major matches like that when you have three days, right? Three days. So 
the thing about PCC nationals that was, was crazy is they really gave you a variety of stages to shoot. There was actually a big variety of stages to shoot. There was big stages, close stuff, far stuff. Now I know some people weren't happy with it because they didn't give you enough far shit. Um, I think there was only one stage that had really far stuff. And I think that was stage eight far, or yeah, eight. Right. I think it was the first yeah. stage up on zone two. I mean, this match was shot with production. Right. But so let me ask you a question. I'm glad we brought that up. Do you like that the targets weren't 25 to 35 yards everywhere? Or did you, would you prefer a longer range match for PCC Nets? I don't, I don't think that there's going to be, look, man, you shouldn't limit it to anything. You can have hoser stages and you can have long distance stages. You know, it doesn't matter. It's, it matters on how you negotiate the stage of what you have. I mean, we had one stage where there was 35 yard targets. Do we need to have eight stages of 35 yard targets? You know? So I thought this was challenging enough without, without having that, you know, um, I didn't, I didn't have a problem with it at all. Not at all. Not one bit. I mean, we shot the 2020 Nats, PCC Nats, 75 yard targets, 60 yard swingers, you know, I mean, so. I won't shoot them if they keep doing that. You know, yeah. So I mean, I'll, I'll give you my opinion. Then I'd like to hear Mason and Christina's. The reason I don't want to shoot that is that's not why I picked up a rifle. That's not why I picked up PCC. I didn't, I don't shoot three gun. Cause I'm not a it's well, it's expensive and there's shit tons of gear to bring, but uh, I enjoy the shooting fast, right? I don't mind 25, 35 yard targets. That's all I'm saying, but to give me 35 yard target average. No, I'm good. I, I just, I don't enjoy shooting that. I enjoy shooting USPSA style stages. That's what I've exactly. always liked about PCC is shooting. I like to rip my gun. Uh, yeah. I, again, I don't mind the challenges. This isn't a complaint at all about what they did. I just prefer to shoot. If I'm going to pick up my rifle, which I love, uh, it's what brought me to the game, taught me how to shoot fast. I want to shoot USPSA style stages. Give me 15, 20 yard average. Fine. But 35, 45, 65, 75, I'm out. That's just not what I enjoy. It's not that it's not, it shouldn't be there. I'm not saying that everyone has their own style of shooting. I just don't enjoy it. That's one of the reasons why I stopped shooting PCC was because they kept doing the individual PCC stages. were all long distance shit. It was all, it turned into a three gun match and I'm just like, Oh, I want to test the PCC. I don't care about testing the PCC. <laughs> I care about testing me. Right. And shooting. I want to go fast. I want to be aggressive. Like I, that's one of the reasons I shot PCC nationals this year was because they put it with production and I knew they weren't going to have 75 yard swingers and things like that. It was going to be a legitimate USPSA match. Yeah. They did. And a that's good what job, I got man. it for. Yeah. And I thought they did a great job with the mix of the types of stages. I thought it was great. I have zero complaint um, about any of the stages. They were fun. They were challenging. I mean, you know, and, and you have to negotiate the stage like everybody else, you know? So I thought it was great. They did a good Mason, job. You know? Mason, what do you think about, uh, you know, what do you think about the long distance versus like the stages? Like we shot this week, like we shot at nationals this year. What do you like? Do you like both? Like, you just don't care. Or? I like the stages that we shot at nationals, like the USPSA style. Right. And for me, the distance isn't a challenge. It's maneuvering through the course. Right. You know, getting in and out of position, that's where the challenge is at. Right. You know, in the distance target they had at nationals, the only thing that 
in my opinion, made it challenging was the steel in front and the steel behind. <laughs> Screw that so, stupid stage. That was my worst effing stage, too. <laughs> and it's in great and ingenious, too, man. I mean, yeah. that way you really got to call your shot, and which is it's awesome. You know, it's great. Yeah, the steel, the steel didn't bother me. Well, first of all, if Shannon had anything to do with that, that's normal for us. Like, he used to do that at... Um, the Florida open all the time, dude, you have no idea. We would be shooting through a hole like this big. There'd be a steel plate with a hole through it and you're just hearing shoot through the hole. And then he'd put steel behind it through behind the paper. So you didn't know if you were shooting the steel in front or the steel behind with a bobber with a bobber yeah that's some bitch i remember that now (laughs) and a bobber that would go so high that you could shoot under it and you would miss that's yes i do christina i'm glad you brought that up i forgot about the bobber part and i was shooting production when i shot that that yeah shannon is not a yeah he's not a he's not a great person to uh shoot any kind of low round count bullets because you got to need some makeup shots with his stages usually. So it's pretty awesome. But yeah, I mean, that's, those are the things like, I don't, and I don't mind that kind of a challenge. That's fine. It was just that uh, I think that was actually out of nationals. It was just, everything was low ports. It was just a, it just felt like a, it actually, they, that was the match they followed three gun with. So three gun, and then they did PCC nationals right after. And it was very much so a three gun match to me. Uh, where you stopped at every, you had to stop at every single port. It was all based on accuracy, which was, that's fine, but there was no mix. Like I like a nice blended match where you're having a little bit of speed and I don't, again, speed doesn't always come from just having hosers. I'm not a big, like, I don't give a shit about hosing targets. Right. I like, like Mason, what you said is exactly like, I want the challenge of walking a stage. I enjoy that. That's probably one of my favorite things to do in a sport is where if you're walking a stage, you get four or five stage plans. I'm like, fuck yeah, this is a awesome stage right like legit yeah, stage because obviously everybody can come up with five plans or just shit right like <laughs> so go ahead mason you were gonna say something oh i said that's the a lot of fun for me is well i can shoot it this way but if i shoot it that way it might be a little faster yeah. but i can shoot right to left better yeah. personally so you know <laughs> it just changes everything right yeah, I, I'm big. I'm, I'm really big. That's to me. That's what makes a good match. Um, mm-hmm. And this these stages, they had quite a few of those that you could shoot it different ways. And and I, I want to clarify something about shooting a plan a different way. These stages didn't have so much that you would start from right to left different. But what they did have was you could shoot the arrays different and that would change the way you shot them. So if I shot a target on the left, it would change the way I could exit a target. If I shot a target to the right, I would shoot it. I would exit a different way and put me into a different position. So there was a lot of not so much that you would change the position that you would stand in, but how you would shoot it would put you give you a different plan. that was to me was the big difference in this match was there was a lot of ways to shoot the arrays differently. Christina, what about you? What do you think about the long distance versus short or, you know, mix? Obviously most people like mix, but how do you feel about when they do long distance matches like that? So uh, it was for sure a consideration shooting with production. Um, You obviously couldn't have too much of that. You obviously (laughs) couldn't have anything crazy. That's only meant for a rifle. Right. Um, But I think when it comes down to it, so I think they did a good job. First of all, um, there was one or two, like a 33 and 35 yard target, and definitely some 25 and maybe another 30. And that was it for like the whole match. Right. So it wasn't unreasonable. And the, the reality of it is it's, USPSA nationals. <laughs> we freaking shoot all year round with everybody we're shooting uspsa matches 
why would we come to USPSA Nationals? And it's like, oh, here's some stuff you never, ever, ever, ever do <laughs> in this sport, ever. Yeah. And it's like, I mean, sure, it would test a certain skill, but it's like, but that's not what we do. So that's how I feel. Yeah. Um, but Christine and I had practiced a lot of long distance before this match. So yeah, we had to make it hard. So, um, but I think they did a good job of it. Um, something like two gun, I do expect to shoot 60 yard stuff. And, and that was, that was fun. I enjoyed that too. Um, it was a fun challenge. And then, and then there's something like, like the person who won max, he's like, so boring. boring. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> right. But in a way I'm like, I feel bad for him. And I'm like, and I do want to challenge like the very best. Like, what do we do? Maybe we should just like, I don't know, like make him wear two left shoes or something before he starts <laughs> the match. I don't know what to do about that guy, but cause I would love for him to like feel challenged. Um, but I, you know, I think the challenge, challenge the best of the best. I don't know. I don't know. What to do I, I think, that. I think the challenge for him needs to come from us, the shooters. Yeah. I, I don't think you're going to challenge him with any stages. I think you have to put, I think other shooters have to step up to challenge him. Got to have the heat. And I think that's the, I think that's the thing. Like I'm going to tell you last year's nationals had too. it's PCC. Right. Yeah. So like if some like, Badass pistol shooters start yeah. playing in this game too. I mean, they're gonna go. They're gonna go fast, and they're gonna bring the heat. It just makes me laugh that PCC gets such shit. Like I've never understood why it gets such. Uh, you don't get it. I, I don't yeah. understand why people hate it so much. I get it. I mean, if 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 I mean, I understand some of the reasoning is because they're looking at them as in the same results, we don't shoot against each other at all. Not even a little bit. Like there isn't a single division that I know that shoots against PCC other than other PCC. So I've never understood the hate for the rifle. Um, I've also never understood the hate for the skill set that it takes to shoot the rifle. It's a, com it's a completely different skill set that you have to have. And, and I think the problem is, is, when PCC first started, there were guys that picked it up and were instantly better than they were when they were shooting pistol. But that's because they didn't have real scores when that started. Now you cannot touch Grandmaster scores unless you're a badass with a rifle, period. You have to, I mean, there are classifiers that are being shot in less than three seconds. <laughs> uh, you better be good. And I hate to tell you, if you don't have a 0.6 draw on two, four, six, seven shots, you ain't going to get grandmastered. But then there's some guy will stand out there and go, rifle's fucking easy. Here you go, buddy. I have an amazing rifle. Please try this because I need a funny joke right now. <laughs> I, I just don't, I will never understand the hate. Well, it's the same as why, the game. Why, aren't, why don't the revolver guys hate the open guys? Same thing. Well, I mean, they do. They they did. They yeah, just it's like it doesn't make any sense. You're not well, shooting revolvers are shooting against now. open. Yeah, I mean it's no different than I mean it's every division, dude. They always find their haters, right? There are people that hate single action uh slide ride 2011s yeah. that could possibly come in. It doesn't it's just it's funny cuz we're all supposed to love this sport and be excited when new guns come in and people come in and 
so much shit talk happens during in our sport. It's the craziest thing I've ever seen. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I had some uh, PCC hate in my heart before I started. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I'm going to rifle. Like, I'm going to just rock at this. And then I was immediately humbled. Immediately. <laughs> I even go and shoot it. And I'm like, oh, I got like three mics for a whole nationals or something. It's like, oh, slow, 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 slow. <laughs> like, it's like, oh no, you gotta freaking light the fire and go. And um, something that PCC offers is it just lets you play the game. You're Fast. just shooting, yes. Like, and that's the name of the game. The name of the game is run and gun. Like, let's go. And PCC allows you to do that without, you know, in some, like I was talking to somebody who's like, I feel like not loading or having to reload is taking away an element of the game. And I'm like, not, but that's PCC. I'm like, so what's the, so uh, I'll, I'll tell you this because I shot carry optics nationals. You didn't have to reload a lot. I uh, shot open nationals. You didn't have to reload a lot. Maybe one or two reloads were mandatory. I mean, a lot of those stages were 28 rounds. I have a 30 round magazine, 30 rounds in the gun. I didn't have to reload. So what are you challenging? If we have a, it's, it's only taking something away. If you <laughs> want to find something to complain about. Which right? is going to happen all the time. <laughs> I don't, I mean, I don't understand. We have classifiers that force you to reload. We had stages at nationals that forced you to reload. We got reloads in. It just wasn't during a stage run. What's the difference? We still have to have that skill set. Right. I just, I don't understand the, the, if you're going to win nationals, any level, A, B, C, it doesn't matter what level you have to be well-rounded. It just, the levels of well-rounded are different. You change the, what you think of what is well-rounded, but if you're a D class shooter or a C class shooter, you still have to be able to reload that gun. Right. And the guy who's going to crush the reload, that's a C class shooter is probably going to win C class. But how many reloads did we have two stages, right? Maybe two. I think so. I think two stages was all it was. So, I mean, you're not forcing us to reload a whole lot, but you're still forcing reloads. It's just, I don't know, man, just somebody's going to complain about everything. And it just seems like the rifle just takes a shit ton of heat for whatever reason. I don't, I don't know. There's always something that bugs me. Well, I think that's usually the ones that complain the most. <laughs> right? no, the thing that never gets brought up with it is how much harder it is getting in and out of position with rifle. You know, because especially. You have Yep. Especially if it's USPSA stages. Oh yeah, for sure. Right. Mm -hmm. Or hard leans, you know, yep. with the rifle. I mean, there was if, a couple uh, nasty if, ones at nationals that I was like, shit, if I slip on this fault line, I'm screwed. Like this will completely crush my stage. Uh, it was on the, on day three, there was that hard lean on the steel where you ran from the right corner. I think it was to the far left. Uh, it was with the bobber in the middle. It was stage. What was it? How many stages did they have? Second day. That was second day. No, it was day three. It was on top. It was in the top. Because we top finished right. in zone three, right? So the it was hard, the one where we the started. For me, was in zone two. Yeah. Where you had to lean out behind the barrels, and there was. Oh, yeah. oh the that stage was ridiculous. That's <laughs> where I told you. That's when I told you to put your butt on the pole. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's five shooting positions in this stage. Like, <laughs> very true. Very true. Yeah. 
I forgot about that one. That one was crazy. So the one yeah. I was talking about, it's up on zone three. It was the one where you had to stop in the port in the middle. And then you ran to the front. You had that bobber with all the steel spread out in the back in the mm-hmm. corners, that one piece of steel on the left. If you lean too far to the left and fell out of bounds or didn't lean enough, you would hit the wall. So like that, I remember that stage specifically for like that piece of steel was key on the lean. Uh, and if you screwed that up, you were, it was going to eat you alive. Don't ask me how I know that I might have shot something very similar to that at open nationals and shot four shots at that piece of steel. So I might have had some experience on not screwing that or screwing that up, I guess. (laughs) So one thing that stood out on our squad and I made a post about it, I actually talked about it on a, um, a mindset Monday video that I shared with the world. Usually I don't share those. I save those for my, for my guys in the insider circle, but I talked about the freaking makeup shots on our squad. Holy shit. Like, I feel personally attacked. and you should, because 57 round mags are only good to have them, but not use them. You, there were guys on our squad that I've, okay. So where was a couple okay. guys on our squad and I have, refrain from coaching people that I'm not friends with or that are not my students. But there were guys on my squad that I walked over to and I was like, listen, I'm not trying to be a know-it-all dick here, but what the fuck are you doing? Like you're shooting 20 extra shots per stage. And he looked at me, he looked at me and he was like, yeah, you're right. I'm like, man, that's four shots per target. (laughs) You just shot. And then Mason was doing it from the very beginning of the match. And I got on his ass right away. I was like, dude, what are you, what are you making up shots for? Just take the extra time you need to get the alphas in the first place. And so you calm down, but there was a couple of guys on our squad that just kept ripping. And finally by day three, I remember there was a squad that one of the guys shot, um, shot, no makeup shots. And I remember screaming out loud and clapping for him, telling him how awesome it was. And his buddy was like, hell yeah. Like finally, like he listened to you mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was his best stage of the match. He had shot the fastest time he shot the entire match and the best time of this uh, best score. And I was like, dude, you see, like you just like you're just because you have them doesn't mean you need them. So yeah, I thought that was interesting. He's, He's a very fast shooter, right? Very like to the fast. point where he, I don't think he fast knew he was count. shooting three. <laughs> I don't think he knew he was shooting three shots. I think he's just so used to it that, yeah, I mean, every time you enter a target, he was shooting three just in case. And it was like, man, that's a terrible habit. You got to think what that split is. Even if it's a point one three, add that up per squat, per stage, per target, you're losing minutes at the end of the match, right? I mean, that's a half a second easily in one stage from all the makeup shots, bang, bang. It was just, it was crazy. So I thought that was the thing that stood out the most. And actually when that was happening on our squad, I started kind of paying attention to other stages and I was noticing a lot of makeup shots with the PCC guys. And I noticed it was a big habit. Like a lot of guys just, they come flying into a position and it was just like, I'm going to shoot three because I have extra bullets. Now, if you did that in production, you'd be doing a lot of reloads, a lot of states. So it's funny how the mindset changes from PCC guys and gals into like how they shoot it because they have those extra rounds. It, it was uh, an interesting, like kind of like light switch. And I was, and that was one of the problems I had from peace uh, open nationals. That's why I paid attention to it so much. Cause I, I told myself just be right the first time, right? Like don't make up the shot if you didn't need it. Cause I, I was, I had the same exact hits as, as the guys who won open nationals, but I was 30 seconds slower. 
and I am not usually the slow guy. So I was like, huh, I, I know how that happened. It's because I shot more than everybody else. <laughs> I mean, I shot way more bullets than anybody I competed against. So PCC nationals, I went in thinking two shots, alphas, two shots, alphas. So was there at any point that you guys were shooting this match that you felt like the light switch went on or something changed for you during the match at all? No. So you just shot, you never felt like you got better or worse. You just kind of shot smooth and consistent. Consistent. Yeah. Um, I mean, again, like you said, there, there are stages where I love to get back, you know, and there were stages where I just kicked ass, but it wasn't like way up or way down. It was just fairly consistent, you know, and which is what I wanted to do. Um, I could have shot better. Like some of the stages where I really wanted to do, could have want to get back. I, I would have loved to get those back, but, um, were they, were there any dumpster fire stages? Nope. Not really. Even the, you know, alpha mic, no shoot, whatever. That was my one mic of the whole damn match, you know? So, um, no, I, I don't think there was any light bulb, you know, moment or whatever. It was, uh, before we move on from that, did you see that mic no shoot or did you just think you were in the A zone? It was like, I saw it. It didn't register until it already passed. And I was like, oh. so it was too, it was just too late, man. You know, yeah. like, you're already gone. You're already, it's like, oh. you know, but Mason, what about you, man? Did you have any like light bulb moments? Yeah. When you told me to pull my head out of my ass, <laughs> you know, I think it was the the stage with the bobber. Yeah. It was a really slow bobber and I just dumped four rounds into it. And then we go up there to score it and there's four alphas all dead center a zone and it just goes back to what you were saying yeah. you know about sight picture and trigger prep it's like i'm not doing either one i just oh there it is set yeah. four and then yeah so that, I, I mean at the end of the day if you just sent two clean beautiful shots down the middle that you call but when you rip four, you don't know there's no way you're knowing it's, it's two no. the the dot moves hey guys um the dot moves on a rifle there is recoil <laughs> so when you rip four shots it's very violent with the dot it doesn't just i mean there i mean yeah it's less obvious but it does move so the confirmation is not as good as you think it is and there's this little puff of smoke that blows up in front of your dot that kind of gets in your way so just in case you guys all you haters know uh, don't shoot it. it it's not just sitting there flat okay Neither does an open gun. So if you buy an open gun thinking your recoil is going to be gone, you still got to grip the gun. So don't waste $7,000 thinking it's going to make you a better shooter unless you actually use your fundamentals. There's a free tip for you. <laughs> and I think part of my problem with shot calling is running that big ghost string. You yeah, know, you know, I never, I don't think I ever asked you that. You, you're you running the ghost ring? Yeah, I'm mm. running the 64 or 65 MOA ring with no dot in the middle. Really? So, yeah, at, at 20 yards, my ring circles the target. All it's right, like, so let's yep, talk about that. Defended. Let's talk about why I don't run a ring, because I shoot, you shoot the 501C, right? The Holosun? Yeah. All right, yeah. so I shoot the same dot. The reason I don't have a ring around it is because the first thing that I see, because I'm not looking at the dot, I'm looking at the target, and then the dot comes to my eye when I'm looking. The first thing I see, if I see a flash of red, I should be ready to pull the trigger, because that means the dot, if it's only a dot is landing in the middle of the target. If I have the ring and I see any of the red hit, that doesn't mean I'm in the middle of the target. 
that means that I could be going through the target and I'm pulling it as soon as I see the top of the circle hit the target. That means I'm low or left or right. So that's one of the reasons why I never ran the circle because it's it's distracting, right? There's too much shit to visually see instead of just that little dot where I just need to put the dot in the middle of the target. Now, not everybody does that and not everybody has great vision, right? And the hollow sun, the only negative about that dot is it they don't make a bigger dot. They only make a really small, small dot. So that's the only negative of that dot, in my opinion, is that I can't get a six MOA. I personally like a little bit bigger dot just because I can see it faster, right? I can, I can pick it up a little bit faster, but that might be why I'm a little more accurate with my rifle because the dot's smaller and, you know, I, I can kind of pinpoint what I want to shoot at a little bit with the rifle and, and little less ac- a little less recoil. <laughs> so that's my problem is the total opposite. All my bullet holes are touching. Right. And so yeah. I'm over aiming. And so running that uh, big ring makes me not be as picky with my shot placement. If you're over aiming, you're probably sight focused and not target focused. So that, that might be a time to do an occluded dot where you put the tape on there and, and if you're not seeing the target, then you're staring at that dot. So you might want to try that because that, that does tend to happen when you're staring at the dot and you start over aiming. Well, first of all, I can't believe you said of you of all people are over aimer, usually the other direction, like the lack of aiming, right? Like the way you shoot, you have such an aggressive style that. I'm surprised you even use the word aiming half the time because you just rip, right? Like that was the problem at nationals at the beginning. I was like, dude, I love your, you know, I love you and I love how you shoot, but you still have to put it in that a zone somewhere. Like you're shooting minor. Like I know you're hauling ass, but at your level, everybody's shooting your level, your speed, right? Like you're fast as shit, but if you don't put it in the middle, you're going to, it's going to remember also that was day one that I got on you because I was like, you got three days, dude, (laughs) you could dumpster fire this match right now and kill it tomorrow and the next day. And you're screwed, right? doesn't matter. Now you're going to be playing catch up for no reason. So it was like that over confirmation is probably staring at the dot, right? And now when you took the circle away, you're not staring at the dot. You're just like, fuck yeah, brown paper. Does that make sense? Yep. So uh, actually you're probably still, you're probably still staring at the target or the dot. You're probably, but it's just no dot. It's just a big circle now. So it feels like you're looking through, but, and you're probably looking through that big ass circle and just ripping into the Brown. Right. Yeah, for sure. And that's why I've got all the makeup shots. Yep. Is because there's no confirmation. It's just, there it is. Send it. Well, and the other thing that really sucks is at your level, so anybody who doesn't know, Mason's a master, Craig's a master. Christina, what is your, what do you, uh, what's your, uh, so B class. She's soon to be master. Yeah. <laughs> so, so the, the, the problem at someone at Mason's level is that now when you, uh, and I'm going to use this in quotations, cause this makes me, it disgusts me to say, slow down. When you start to like confirm your aim or start to be more visually focused, it feels like you're slowing down, but you're really not. You're just not allowing Brown to be the answer. You're looking for the center of the target, which is the A zone or nothing. And, and what happens is when you get so used to just shooting at Brown, then it feels like you're going super slow to get back to the A zone when you're really not, you're supposed to be getting to the A zone from the beginning and you have to stop. But most people that shoot PCC, well, I guess the majority of people who shoot PCC that are trying to get better, they just start shooting two because it's, they think it's only one sight picture, but it's still two. 
right? It, because what, what is PCC? It's fast. Everybody rips the shit out of the trigger. They get one sight picture. Like, Wack! I don't know why my hits aren't there because you never stopped on the target. So when you got the first one, it went a, and then you whipped it to the left and never stopped the gun. Right. So that's where it really comes into when you start really That's why rifle to me can really make you a better shooter because you've got no choice, but to, to go fast. Right. And if you start slowing down, you start getting your ass kicked. So you got to learn how to go fast and be accurate at the same time. So it really forces the visual a lot more. It's also when you have the rifle in your face, it's very hard to use your eyes because the rifle is connected to your face. So it really forces you to look and not live behind the rifle. That's another thing. I mean, you got to pay attention to that too, Mason. You could be living behind the rifle on your transitions and not getting your eyes to the target first. That makes a big difference. If your gun is leading the way, you don't see the target till last second. That's probably why it feels like you're over aiming because you never saw the target until you got onto it. So I, I've really become, um, I'm really pushing the visual right now. Like I'm really noticing in my students and in my own shooting that if I don't lead with my eyes, I really suffer in my hits. Like I really noticed that a lot. So that's something that I'm really focusing on uh, coaching as well. Like, obviously that's why we're having this conversation. It's, it's, it makes a big difference. If you, you point where your eyes are, right? If you're looking at the Delta, guess where your gun goes <laughs> to the Delta. doesn't matter how big of a site or small of a site you have, you're going to shoot where you look at. So that's why it's important to start picking that spot. So I don't know. It's important. It's uh that, that sucks with the dot though. Like I didn't know that you were shooting. I mean, I wouldn't have changed it at nationals because that would have really screwed you up. Uh, that would have messed you up big time. I, I used to shoot that um, because when I started PCC, because I, my previous rifle experience was three gun. Mm -hmm. And I love a reticle shooting limited three gun when right. you're shooting like 260 yards right. or 100 yards. Right. I, I like, I'm like, oh, put reticle above, below, whatever. Right, 100%. Then, like, I'm shooting PCC and I'm like, you know what? Let me just try a dot. Right. And that's what I use now. I'm what like, you, I don't what, need a radical for anything. So what, what optic are you shooting now? The 501C. 501C. That seems that's such a great dot. Craig, what are you shooting? The SRO 5 MOA. Ugh. Awesome dot. I mean, great job. Um <laughs> <laughs> I I am uh that dot's actually really nice dot. I don't like tubes. I don't it looks like a tube to me. Like that's the only problem I've had with the S it just much more tubular feel, like look. Um, I just don't, I, I prefer more of an open window. Uh, I feel like I can see better, but you know, again, it's all personal, personal flavor and you've had good luck with those. So, I mean, I think that's probably one of the biggest things is as long as your shit works and, and you can see it, then it's, it's really all that matters in, in that aspect. Um, all right. So Christina, did you have any breakthroughs of the match? Uh, so I guess the biggest thing would be the applying the training we just had and thinking I wasn't ready to apply it at nationals. Uh, it was, we were like finishing our walkthrough of the entire match and it was like, they seem far. I like <laughs> it, 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 it was at least 15 yards, which I know not far, but far for shooting on the move for someone who doesn't do it. Right. And just I mean, learned I'll shoot it. some stuff on move, but like 15 plus yards at nationals <laughs> where like, uh, like, uh, I don't know if I want to risk that. And, and I mean, that's what I thought. And you looked at me and you were like, 
I know you have one, but you better not shoot like one. And, <laughs> and I'll be like, oh my God, I said that to you. It's so- oh, it's replayed in my mind a lot. And, <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, and you're like, I will not coach you if this is what you're going to do. He's like, <laughs> you're like, I will sit back and I will watch you and we can talk about it afterwards. And I'm like, well, I want you to coach me, so I'll do it. <laughs> like, I'll do whatever. I'm like, fine, I'll do whatever you say. And sure enough, like, I mean, all that went really well. And I was ready. I just didn't know. I, I didn't think I was ready to execute uh, at that level. And I did. I was like, oh. So I I remember one specific stage that I was just like, I remember your face coming off that stage and I was like, oh man, she just gained confidence in herself. You had a mic, you shot through the wall, if I remember correctly, but I I don't think at that, I think at that time you knew, but you had the biggest shitty grin I've ever seen in my life on someone who shot a mic. You walked away and were like, yeah, do you see my time? You see what I just did on that steel? And I was like, Hell yeah, I saw what you oh, just I did. The small steel. I yep. shot the small steel on the move. Yeah. So moving forward on the left. Yep. And then I shot the further um ipstick with steel. So yep. that's also why I didn't want to do it, is because it was not just shooting across, but right. going down and then yep. up again. And um what it came down to is you have nothing to lose and only right. things to gain because you just like <laughs> if you're walking. And maybe not running, but moving very swiftly to the next spot. And you're shooting the whole time. And there's not no shoots down there. You have nothing to lose. Like I remember, like, oh. I, I remember a message. It was a message or a conversation. Cause I talked to you like for the next two weeks, I talked to you a lot about after our training, like I can't remember. I think we were texting back and forth, but I remember you saying like the number one thing you got from our training was just walking. Like it was something that I taught, talked to you about a million times. Cause it, it was you, everyone, when they first learn how to move and shoot, they don't understand that just walking is automatically faster than standing and shooting. I have, I can't tell you how many times I've proven it. If you just walk and shoot, it's faster. Okay. It's it. I know it's faster. I've proven it. I have it on video. I, I cannot tell you how many times I stand in front of my class and I rip four pieces of steel and then run five yards and shoot the last piece of steel. And then I just walk across. Like, I don't mean like fast walking. I mean, just normal walking. And I shoot the five pieces of steel on the move and I end up a second faster every time. And everyone just looks at me like, there's no way that's possible. And I was like, it is, I don't, I didn't make this shit up. The timer did, right? Like I, I figured it out and found out and started to learn how to teach it. And the timer tells me every time it's correct. And the first, I remember you leaving a class and you were like, fuck, I'm literally just walking. I'm walking. (laughs) And I was like, yeah, you're walking. Does this translate for pistol also? 100%. No, listen, my stance is exactly the same for both guns. What's different what's different about PCC and pistol. Cause I teach it exactly the same. I have students that come to my class while I'm giving a pistol class. It doesn't matter to me. The only difference is the gun handling. Now where it makes a big difference with the rifle is if you make a mistake and you land, that gun is all over the place. Like right. the pistol, you have a little separation with your body with the rifle. It's literally your body. It's part of your body. Three so points you, of contact. Yes. Yeah, so when you land, that some bitch is going with it. It's bam. And it's just bouncing all over the place versus the pistol. It's going to wiggle, but it's not going to drop down as far as your body drops. 
So that's really the only difference in the two ways that I teach it. It's like, you just have to understand that the other thing about the rifle is you're going to go faster because you don't have the recoil or, and you really, because of the three points of contact, it allows you to hold the gun a lot tighter. The weakest part of our arms are actually our wrists, right? So with a rifle, you get rid of that. <laughs> you don't have a wrist. You just, it's literally part of hold, pulling the gun in. So there's no recoil and that has to be held with your wrist. With the pistol, the gun snapping the wrist back and forth, depending on obviously your grip change angles and stuff change a little bit of that, but it, it you know, you're not stopping the recoil. Uh, same thing with a rifle. You're not really stopping the recoil. You're just getting it back to zero more consistently. That's why if you pull it in tight, you have less recoil feel and less recoil because you're controlling it more. But that's really the only difference between the two is that your body, if you land on the ground, that gun's going with it. If you have a pistol, the gun's going to bounce a little bit, but it's not going to drop down like this and really throw it into the dirt. Like a lot of times the rifle, you will throw it into the dirt, uh, like the bullets, because you're really pounding on the ground. Obviously it depends on, you know, how you shoot or whatever, but I mean, I couch it exactly the same way. So it, there's no difference in the way. I, Cause I, I, I guess the way I teach my moving and shooting is there's a technique, right? I, like, you know, the first step we've talked about that before where you get your gun first and then you move, but most people start running with the gun and then they, their first three steps are trying to find the sites. So I teach that differently. I, you, you know, that uh, Mason, you've seen that video, right? Where I do the five steel. I mean, yep. that changes the way you shoot and move, right? I mean, you set up your movement. It's not just a, okay, I'm going to move and shoot. You literally set it up that way so that when you start moving, the gun's ready to rip. Right. I mean, you're, you're not finding your sights. You're not trying to call anything. Now you just start ripping the gun and, right away. The other thing about PCC, I think that's different. And since you brought it up about pistol, cause I, I was going to bring that up a little bit later, but this is a good time. It's an attitude, right? Like you shoot PCC with an attitude. Like in other words, you got to go. <laughs> and if you don't go, you're not going to do well. Like, cause someone else like me, Mason, Christina starting to, Craig, you're they're Well, not Craig. He's slow as shit. They're going to rip. They're going to rip the gun, right? Like there. And it's not, the problem is, is most people only think of the gun, right? Like, you know, that saying splits get chicks. Well, I hate to tell you once they find out you suck, they break up with you because you shoot fast, but you can't win. Right. Christina, you ain't yeah, dating no loser. Right. right. <laughs> so I think that's kind of where the, where the PCC and the pistol stuff kind of changes, right? Because, I mean, I shoot the pistol and the PCC the same exact way. Like, I shoot it just angry, and, and I just want to rip. But with a PCC, it's really, really important because you don't have reloads. You, there's no stopping. And if you are stopping, it better be because you make me, right? But I see a lot of people shoot a rifle like they shoot a pistol. And that's usually where they fail. Like, they don't they don't keep up. I want to talk about my breakthrough because it was pretty big. So I hadn't shot PCC in two years, like legit shot PCC in two years. I've been focused on pistol, focusing on growing my business. And obviously since everybody hates PCC, I wanted to, you know, get a little more into the pistol part. So I'm shooting this match. And as I went along, I got more comfortable. Like, and I don't mean just comfortable. I mean, as in like, I felt like, holy shit, this is what I used to shoot. Like, like the rifle. And it really got down to the fundamentals of the, of the match. So like I started focusing on my fundamentals a lot more, like really pulling the gun in and just focusing on sight pictures and, and not just ripping shots. 
And as I got to day two, that's when I was like, all right, let's go. I got that. Like, I feel good. I feel like myself, like I felt great. When I got to day three, (laughs) I was like, holy shit. Like, where was this? Like, this is what I've, I used to shoot like all the time. It was weird. I don't know. It was the craziest thing because I started seeing things that I haven't seen in a year, right? Like from the beginning of the year or even in two years, there was stuff that something clicked when I picked up that rifle again that I've now carried over to the pistol. And I started shooting some stages recently. I haven't, I haven't practiced a whole lot because, you know, my season's pretty much over but, and I've been coaching a lot, but I, I took some of the things from this match that just, I started carrying into my shooting again. I started paying more attention to like the sight picture was how important it was, how important my vision was. I realized that with the PCC, especially on day one, I was kind of living behind the gun because, you know, I haven't had a rifle stuck to my face in two years. So I never thought about like the difference between the two. And on day two, I started looking at the targets more like I, as if I was shooting a pistol, even if I had to break that face point, right. Where I wasn't stuck to the cheek weld. And I was like, Oh, this is the key to, to me shooting. And my accuracy went up. I stopped having stupid ass mics. (laughs) Uh, And I think it was one of the stages on state. I think it was one of the stages on day one. We had one stage. I think it was, I can't remember. It's been a little too long for me to remember every stage that we shot, but there was a stage that had a little more distance on it. I think we ran, I think it was, didn't we have a stage with three boxes? We started in the middle and we could run to the right. Yeah, That was our last stage of the day. Okay. That was the last stage of the day one. All right. So a, right. So that stage is where it changed for me. And the reason it changed for me was because I said, I am not there, whatever reason, I don't know why, but when there is a a stage with a lot of long distance, I tend to puss out. And I don't mean puss out. Like I, I, I'm afraid. I just don't seem to shoot like myself. I don't trust. I'm a little more careful, right? Cause first day I've always had a, I've had some good first days and I've had some bad first days, but after nationals, the last two nationals I had, open and carry optics. I didn't have great first days. I had very mediocre first days and it cost me big on day two and three. Mm -hmm. So whatever it was on that stage, I decided to just rip down and rip that stage. By the time I got to the last four targets, (laughs) all I remember was just rip. And I walked up to those four targets and had all alphas. And those targets were probably about 18 yards. And I remember walking off that stage, like, that's it. I, I I'm ready. Like I've gained some kind of confidence there that I was missing with the, with the other matches I shot. I, to be honest with you, I finally felt like my body was in tune with the diet I was on and all like all the training I've been doing. I started working out and I, where I've been working out at that match. So everything was kind of dialed in. I didn't have, I didn't travel a whole lot. But whatever it was about that section, like that specific stage, I was like, all right, let's fucking rip. So the very next day I went with the same attitude, like the same exact attitude. And it paid big. The only problem was, is my lack of practice was costing me hits. I would get a mic every once. Like I'd crush a stage and I got a mic. (sighs) Like guaranteed stage win. (laughs) Even after I was finished shooting it, I was like, that was, I ran that great. But 
with a mic, it crushed me. And that comes from the practice, right? The visual stuff where you don't, you just don't have a lot of time behind the rifle timing of the rifle. So those, that was a big breakthrough for me and it's carried over. Right. So that's one of the reasons why I went to PCC nationals is because I just, I wanted to get back to where I came from. Right. It made a big difference for me to, to go back to the rifle and get back to the mindset. It, it, I don't know. Do you guys like when you shoot PCC, you don't shoot a lot of other guns. That's so it's a little different. You guys probably aren't going to see the same things that I see, but when you shoot PCC, does it, do you have a different mindset when you walk up there? Like you're just going to crush it or burn it down. Or how do you feel like when you get up to a match or a stage, you just kind of like, all right, cool. I'm just going to shoot the stage. <laughs> it's definitely something I learned um, because I made that exact same mistake you're talking about at Carolina classic. And I'm, I'm first up as you usually are too, but, um, so first up and it's, it's like the longest distance right. stage. And I'm like, Oh, if I stay in control and I just get all alphas, like, you know, I'll be good. And then it's like, no, you're not, right. <laughs> not, not once you leave C-class, you're not right. <laughs> like once you leave C-class, you gotta go like period. Yep. So if you're going to be competitive at all, if you want to just walk away and be like, that was nice. Okay. But if you're, <laughs> if you're not comfortable with being last in your it's class, so then you gotta push. So like, I mean, yeah, you just have to dot C dot shoot dot like go. So um, that mindset's changed for me for sure. And you talked about it even in the Florida Open and you're like, I'm ready to go. Like yeah. you came there and you, it's like, there's no warming up. There's no warming up here. Like you just gotta be ready to shoot. Yeah. Like and you come in warmed up. He's like, if you gotta run around or do whatever you gotta do to be warmed up, but shooting, he's like, you gotta be ready. And yeah. that's very true. And you, especially at even, even at my level right now, like, you have to be pushing the entire time. So you don't, if you don't push, you don't give yourself a chance to win no matter what. And what I mean by push is if you don't try to maximize your effort, most of it's effort. It doesn't even have to do with shooting faster. It just has to do with every little gap that you're not shooting. If you're not putting maximum effort to fill that gap in or to get back to the shooting part, you're not going to win. I'm going to beat you. Craig's going to beat you. Mason, Christina, if you don't push that little space that you don't think's a big deal, it is it, every bit of that counts as points. It, the slower you go <laughs> it, points, time is points. I, 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 I posted a video in one of my classes about it. It's time is points. It's part of our scoring. The problem is, is only people only look at the damn hits because the time is not as easy to see. There's nothing on our scoring that goes, oh, look, you lost the stage because of this one port section here or this one entry into the far right corner and you fell out of bounds or, you know, they're, they're not showing you that on the scorecard like a Mike or a no shoot or a Charlie or a Delta is. So when you stop, don't think of time as points, doesn't become a priority, right? I think it's important to stay pumped up too. Like, I think I'm going to start... I just got two sets of headphones because I forgot I got one at nationals <laughs> and won them. So I bought another one. I'm like, damn it, I have two now. So, um, uh, but I want to start playing like pump me up music in my ears because I notice when I'm like super hype, I do really well. And uh, like, and I try and keep that up for other people and for myself or like 
shoot with people that might be able to do that for me, like a girlfriend or something. And uh, it usually works out really well, but I'm like, I got to be able to do that for myself. And I feel like if I put the right tunes in my ears, like right before and can get like in this really excited zone as music will do, I, f- I think it'll show in my performance. I got, I'm going to try it. Can I just tell you that you're one of the best damn squad mates I've ever had when it comes to that? Like, and I, and I'm not just saying that cause you're on here. I mean, we all kind of <laughs> talked about it. Like you are like the most positive person to be on a squad with. Like it is pretty fucking awesome. Like we, when we shot together, I was just like, dude, this squad is so happy. So positive. Like you would shoot a bad hit or something. And I never heard you like, ah, you were just like, well, that sucks. I, that I'm not doing that again. And it was like, so refreshing to have that. I mean, most of the squads I shoot with are kind of are like that, but most people don't get like you, right? Like you're super excited. Like the, the morning starts off with a prayer. It, it's, it's pretty cool. Like it's, it's, yeah, she says a, a prayer, but then you catch her snorting two lines of Coke in the back to stay up. And positive. <laughs> well, it's not just the Holy spirit. <laughs> <laughs> She's all hyped up. Woo! <laughs> so you'll never hear me argue of the radio thing. I'm a big fan of the music. So I, um, part of the reason I do the music is not just for the pump up part, but it, it just, it blocks me out from distraction. So I, um, I, I have a hard time turning the coaching thing off. I really do. Sometimes it t- it's hard for me to turn it off. So when I put the radio on, it allows me to not hear other people's stage plans, hear other people making mistakes, uh, or I don't want to say mistakes, but I don't have to say, Hey, I wouldn't do it that way unless I'm asked. Right. Uh, so I, I, I will always coach people up if they ask, but it, it allows me to block that stuff out. So, cause it's, it is very distracting for me when I hear someone kind of doing a crappy stage plan that I know if like, Hey man, if I just, if you just go to this position here, it'll fix the whole stage, but you can't do that. Right. Like I can't do that because unfortunately, well, I guess it's not unfortunate, but most people don't really want to hear it. (laughs) Some do, some do, but I learned my lesson when I first started in this sport. Um, I used to help everybody like try to coach people up. I was a nobody. I still am. Uh, but when I would coach people before they would just be like, the fuck is this guy so i just kind of like i had a couple of really good people in the sport tell me like dude you're wasting your time like if they don't want it they don't come to you don't waste your time because it just makes you look like an ass like you like you know everything and i was like all right that was one of the best pieces of advice that i got in the sport was just to stop giving unsolicited help does that make sense i'm not good at it though like sometimes i like our squad was a great example. Like Mason, I I was never worried about talking to Mason. I've coached him for a long time. I know how he shoots. So that was easy. And we're friends. But like there was another guy in our squad, the one I was talking about earlier that, and I don't want to call his name out uh, because he's he was a great guy. I really enjoyed shooting with him. Uh, but he had, um, he was doing all the makeup shots. So I just felt obligated to be like, dude, <laughs> if you just stop doing this, I didn't even have to give him a stage plan. Like just do stop doing this. And it instant results. It was like, all right, great. Like that to me felt like it was, I'm glad I did it, even though hopefully it didn't, you know, I try not to coach at nationals anyway, because then who's going to do good with any when you're trying something new. Most people don't. So it's really not the best place to coach people, but something like stop shooting extra shots <laughs> would hopefully help right away. You know, you didn't have to change anything, but just stop shooting extra bullets. But I don't know. All right. So let's wrap it up. I just want to ask one thing, Craig, 
one thing you loved, one thing you hated about PCC Nets? Well, you don't have to say hate, but just dislike or that you would do differently. Um, if you say you want to do something different, you got to give me a solution. So it, I'll, I'll go with the thing I, I want wanted to do better is always the thing I struggle with the most. And that's pushing when I need to push, you know, like we talked about this. So that would be the one thing. Um, and it's not laziness like we spoke about, but pushing in between the times I'm not shooting. My shooting is not an issue. My accuracy is zero issue. I mean, I'm shooting A zones all day long. A few deltas, one mic in the whole match. So that's not what I'm worried about. It's uh, Mike, no shoot. Uh, just Mike, Mike, no shoot. Yeah. Two all, okay, two no okay. shoots, two no shoots. Okay, I just want to make sure you got that right. clarified. Just, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> to, um, I think the 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 thing I would love to do differently would be to go back and push where I can push, and I'm still working on that. Um, what I loved about the match was a ton of stuff. Um, I got to meet Mason. I really liked him a lot. We hit it off great. Uh, our squad was awesome. The stages were great. The whole venue, um, the people there were fun. The whole match. And everybody listening, like if the, no one's ever been to like a three-day match and you're you know serious about shooting, you should, really should. This whole match, everything is really everything we do is about consistency. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, you can burn a stage down and be a hero, and then you're a zero the next one. So you've got to be consistent and damage control. Like if you screw up, <laughs> don't let it continue to screw you up. Yeah. You have to have a short memory with the bad stuff and a good memory with with the good stuff you do. A long memory, I should say. So, um, but the, the, what I loved was, was, um, was all those things. And I thought this whole, you know, all those were tons of positive stuff. So, um, yeah, that was it. How many nationals is this for you? It's my third one. Okay. Second I completed. Yeah. So <laughs> Craig only shoots PCC just so, just to clarify it. So his experience are with the last three PCC nationals. So, uh, Mason. One thing you loved, one thing you disliked, or if you didn't like, or whatever. Uh, the thing I loved most is it was our squad. It just going out and being surrounded by friends and just laughing and having fun. That for me, that's better than a serious squad. Because if I get too serious, then I get zoned in, and then I start pushing and doing dumb stuff. In this case, you're just like, "Hey, dumbass, knock it off." Well, all right, cool. But wow. Yeah. <laughs> One thing I did not like was the Virginia count stage. I want that one back. <laughs> so the Virginia count stage, cause I can't let this one slide because I'll get into this after I talk to Christina, cause I'll finish with that story. Cause that was, that was kind of a, this is kind of what decided the match between Craig and uh, Mason here. So, so the Virginia count stage. So you just didn't like the, that it was Virginia count or. It, it was the big one. Which, yes, was that was your favorite. That was your favorite one that you're, yeah, yeah the one, well, you could talk about it because that was the stage that you just talked about mentioned earlier that you didn't finish. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, Mason. You know, and same with that. It was shooting a consistent match and then okay, I've only got eight seconds, you know, you gotta go, gotta go, gotta go. And then it just <laughs> bites you in the ass. Yeah. But it is what it is. Yeah. Go ahead, Christina. One thing you loved, one thing you disliked. Uh, well, um, I'll go with our squad. Um, I That was awesome. So I just started training with Craig um, like the couple weeks prior to Nationals. So I had my training buddy there, although that was also a mental challenge for me because I'd been training with a, like almost in class 
or pretty much an M-class pistol shooter. And so I'll be shooting with him, BCC, and, you know, like, he might still, you know, beat me with a pistol, but, you know, I'm not far behind him. And then I'm shooting with Craig all the time, and I'm like... <laughs> shooting the same gun, right. I'm like, I suck. I'm like, oh, <laughs> like this hurts. Right. Like, oh, and then I'm like, oh, wait, Craig's really good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, Okay, but um, I kind of leveled that out, and I like won a high overall right before that. Um, yes, you did. Boom, boom. So yes, you did. I was like, oh, okay, so that pumped me up a little bit, and um, so I got to shoot with Craig, and I mean, so Mason, I shot with at Area Eight. I knew him. Um, so I knew and had shot with everyone except for um, Vlieger, actually which I knew who he was, but I had shot with everyone around the country on our squad <laughs> throughout the whole year. Like every single person. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, Cause some of those guys were from area eight. Those guys were all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that was really cool. And then my new coach and I haven't <laughs> had one for PCC ever. So that having you Tom was pretty cool. And, um, and being able to learn from all you guys was awesome. I mean, this is a huge learning experience. I knew it wasn't going to be like the match, but it was definitely one to remember. And, um, I hope we're squatted together again real soon, um, coming up hopefully, but, uh, that was definitely the best thing. I agree. Uh, is all of us together. That was, that was a good time. And dislike, um, it's a pretty well done match. Uh, they had food this time. That was nice. That would have been um, totally unacceptable. Uh, the facility was uh, was acceptable. Um, I always would love more of a party. I always would love more time to see like everybody. Like the zones were so separate that if we weren't shooting the same zone, you did not see yeah. those people. I agree. Like, I didn't I mean, see half the people that were there. Anybody. I was yeah. like, it was crazy. So yeah. that was kind of weird. But I mean, that's not like a huge dislike. Um, I don't know. It was pretty well done. I definitely don't like Virginia count in USPSA at all. I mean, if it has to be there, I guess I get it. But um, and it's funny, though, I usually do really well on those stages <laughs> um, because I'm like, I'm good at keeping the control. Like, right. OK, I know all I have to do is just not mess this up. Right. Dude, I, I mess like all of them up. <laughs> all of them. I was like, just a, din, 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 like the five round stage. Oh, I might it. I'm like, oh, my God, this is awful. I'm like, why? Yeah. This is something I never mess up, but I think it's just where I was in my head at that time. Like it just didn't execute it. Um, because I still wanted to push. I and I messed it up. But um I don't know. I don't have a lot of dislikes. It was a good match. It was well rounded. Yeah, I um so I, I will tell you one of the things I enjoyed with you just personally was I liked walking stages with you. So I, I will tell you there is what do people go to the match for is interesting to me. So I go to the match to kick ass and win. And we were walking stages with people that I don't understand. 
like not, they weren't with our group, but it was just people that were around. And I was just like, why are you here? Like, why are you walking? Half-assing it. Like, why are you even walking stages? And I didn't understand, like, I don't understand that level of commitment. That's probably the proper word because it's, or lack thereof. I just, I'm pretty old school coach, I guess. I'm like, I am definitely going to get in your butt if you aren't working your ass off. Like you come to me to get better. I'm going to force you to be better. Most of the people I see lack confidence. So I give them the confidence that I have in them, right? Like my big thing as a coach is you, I don't give a shit what your classification is. So I take that everywhere I go. Like when I coach people, when I don't, when I'm friends with somebody like Craig, like Craig has a, Every match has a ass chewing about things that he needs to do, right? Like in a, in a positive way, like it's like, dude, this is really where you need to be training, not the stuff that you're training. This, 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 this. Mason, same thing. I've had this conversation with Mason before about get your ass, get your head out of your ass and settle into the target. Don't just blow through the targets. Uh, you know, Christina, great example. I was like, you are not going to stop and shoot this. That sounds like the old Christina that I know from three weeks ago, you can do this. And once you do it, it's like, wow, he was right. No, I wasn't right. You have the ability. I just told you to do it. That's the only difference is I said, you can do it. And you believe me. So it wasn't that I was right. It was just that I believed in you and you need to believe in yourself. So when I walk stages with people, it just, I was just like, what? The? That's one of the reasons why I wear a radio. Cause I'm just like that half-assed thing is weird to me. I spend thousands of dollars going to matches and I'm watching the same people that spend the thousands of dollars to come to the same match. And they're like, Oh, cool. I'm going to go over here and talk to this guy and talk to this guy. Dude, go out to eat after you walk stages, <laughs> You know, like you're getting ready to shoot 21 stages and you don't know what the hell you're doing. You don't know what the start position is. You don't know how fast you're going to go. You don't know where the targets are. It doesn't make sense to me. That's all. So it was really enjoyable to walk stages with you. There was a couple of times I was like, all right, you ready? And you were like, hell yeah, let's go. Like you were, I didn't have to wrangle you in. I didn't have to go, oh, she's taking it. She's not taking it serious because I, I lose interest really quick with people like that. Like I won't commit my time to people that do that. Right. So it was really awesome. And obviously Craig always walked. Mason, did you walk? You didn't walk stage. You didn't walk stages as much. Did you? I can't remember. No, I didn't walk stage with you guys. Um, I walked them with, uh, I think Jerry was there and there was someone else. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I couldn't remember. I don't, I don't remember seeing, I think we came in and well, actually I think it was, we came in later because Craig came in later than you guys. You guys had already walked them before we got there, but um, I always walk stages with Craig. So he knows how I do. I usually walk stages twice um, before I leave them. So like, I'll walk the stage, go walk, go walk something else and then come back to it and make sure that I remember everything. And then I look for the details on the second stage plan is usually how I do it. But it was, uh, that was one of my favorite things was with you guys was walking stages. So it, it just, I like sharing that stuff. I like, I like trying to find those little incremental things. And then obviously that's to me is where some of your breakthroughs came through. Christina was when you were like, all right, I'm going to do it. I'm just going to do it. I'm going to do what you think. Uh, uh, you know, it wasn't that you were had a different plan or disagreed. It was just like, you were like, all right, I trust it. You know, I, for whatever reason that match, you were like, I'm doing this shit. Right. Like, <laughs> and it was like, I'm, I trust that we're, this is going to work. And then you did it. Right. And you, and then you executed it. So that was one of my favorite parts of the match. Uh, and I, and I enjoyed that they forced me to walk stages more than once. 
right? There was a couple stages where I had to like really focus on what I was doing. That That's probably one of my favorite things about this match was, again, like I said, sometimes it wasn't just stage plan. It was just the arrays, the way you would take a target. Um, my dislike is pretty much like every match that I've gone to from them this year. I, I was very disappointed in the vendor area. Um, to me, the problem with the vendor area isn't the vendors. It's that they're too far apart. There's no reason to go in there and see them. And that's bad. That um, The other thing I really disliked about the vendor area was that you didn't have a, a place for the vendors to use their firearms to sell or to try. So I, we are all shoot for Team Da Vinci. So Padavan, David Padavan owns Da Vinci fire rifles, and he makes an amazing rifle. And while I was there, personally there watching this, they had to take people 20 minutes or 10 minutes away to go try these rifles. That's not good business for anyone. So <laughs> that was worse. one of the most frustrating things. It gets worse. They, I had a bowl of ammo and bags of ammo that they could shoot with, like almost as much as they want. If they wanted to keep <laughs> shooting a Da Vinci, they right. could have. I never had to refill it. That means no one knew they could go shoot the rifle somewhere because there's not a single practice bay or area that you can allow your sponsors to practice or try their firearms. Yep. Outdoor Dynamics was sponsoring ammo for DaVinci to shoot and it didn't get shot up. It's very, um, it's very, those are the things that disappoint me. And again, I, I wouldn't want their job. This isn't about them in general. This is just things that I feel like take away from shooters, like the shoot, the experience of there's a reason why the world shoot is so awesome. There's a reason why Ipsic nationals is the pinnacle of what we want to go to. There's a reason why Pan American games is so big is because you are treating it like a special event. We treat nationals, honestly, nationals, if it wasn't three days, it's no different than a local level two or a local level one, just with a number next to it, right? That's the problem with nationals in general. It should feel like you're going to a major, massive event. This is the only sport I've ever been involved in that nationals just kind of gets, feels like it's not nationals. I mean, it's really crazy. I don't, I don't have the answers. I mean, I have some things that I'm going to try to do for my own match this year in South Carolina that I think that I hope USPSA looks at it and goes, this can work. And I hope, I doubt it, but I hope someone comes and talks to us if it goes well and says, what did you do? Why did you do it this way? Why was it successful? Um, I just, I'm one of those people that hopes that I'm a solution and not a complainer <laughs> because I it's easy to bitch and moan about things, but it's even easier to actually just go do it. I can just go do it, prove it, show it, and and hopefully have a great turnout and, and let people understand like the number one things that sells a firearm that sells ammo is you try it. Nothing sells a firearm or ammo or a red dot or a grip or a magazine holder, a mag pouch, a, a, a holster, like using it. So you have to allow <laughs> shooters to get it in their hand. I spent $800 on mag pouches and a holster uh, 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 from Henning because I tried it. There's no freaking way I would have spent that money without putting it on and trying it. 
No way. I don't give a shit what somebody would have told me how great it was. I needed it in my hand to spend that kind of money. And it's been the best investment I've made in the last four years. <laughs> it's amazing. So again, get them in the hands, right? Like yeah. you have to, your bullets are a great example. Come on. They make a great product. Outdoor dynamics makes a great product, right? I sent somebody to him that wasn't even in our sport, right? Wasn't even in our sport. And I sent him to him and he messaged me back like, dude, that guy's awesome. He immediately got me an order. He fixed He And I'm like, right? Like, there you go. And you know, he messaged me and said, thank you so much, Tom, for sending him to me. I am not sponsored. I don't make a dime. But what I did is I sent someone who gives back to our sport. Yeah. That's it. That's simple. Right. It's that simple. So I'm looking at this. I didn't need a damn thing for it. It helped my buddy who is not in this sport at all. <laughs> He's actually in law enforcement. And he was like, man, what do you think I should get? I said, this, this, this. He goes, yeah, okay. I'll, I'll buy that because you recommended it. I said, great. Here's the link for him. And he, and everything was out. I messaged you and I said, Hey, listen, a lot of stuff's out of stock. What What's the, and he, Oh, just message him. He'll make sure he gets you taken care of. I said, cool done. I think he had his, he had his shit in a week. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. phenomenal. That's phenomenal. Like he that's what you're trying to, to do. So, well, so that's, that's what we, that's why you send people, right. That's why you send that company. You send people to that company, but we, I just don't, I don't know, whatever, I guess I don't want to yeah, complain about it, but I, I spent, I, I spent like no time in that vendor area. I would have loved to, but like, I don't know. It's like, I, It'd be cool. It'd be so cool. I mean, how many sponsors are there and or so how many sponsors are there that match and things on the table? It would be so cool if it was like a whole line of stuff too. I mean, it, so here's here's what like I'm going to do it. Here's here's my plan in South Carolina. I'm going to have a vendor row. So you have to go through there. I am going I have to figure out all the vendors first. I'm still working on that. It's everybody, you know, it's tough because everybody's asking for something. So you kind of have to, you got to try to get it locked in before I can say it's going to happen for sure. But I'm going to have a vendor's row, no matter what, whether it's one sponsor or 20, we are going to have a live fire bay to where all the companies that come out with firearms can actually test them. Let people come out and test them. Okay. Shoot the gun, feel it, understand what it feels like, whether they like it, don't like it, whatever. I am going to have a training area for my own Tom Castro shooting Academy. I'm going to put up a stage. You will have a stage where you can, you're going to shoot it your way. And then I'm going to coach you for free to shoot it the way I want you to shoot it. And I don't mean like, but I'm going to give you tips on how to clean up your time. And then hopefully if I have enough vendors, which I am a vendor, I guess, technically. So there might be a prize where I give you a shirt or I give you a month free in the insider circle, something like that. But then you're going to go into a raffle if you do that. I'm also going to set it up to where I'm going to offer the equipment that we have there with our sponsors. Brian from Hunters HD Gold is going to be there. So we will have test glasses for you to shoot the match with that practice with. I am going to try to find some holster companies. I know one of them, I've talked to Leif from um, GX Products. The only thing for him is scheduled. Man, that guy is a busy man. <laughs> So I'm going to try to bring him in, um, bring his company in, but I want to, I want to have it set up to where we have a holster there. We have a belt. Everybody can try the different products and, and shoot the stage. And then from there, get put in a raffle. The other thing I'm going to do is when I bring my, my vendors in, 
they're not going to be spread out far. I'm going to maybe put 12 feet between those guys on both rows. You're going to have to walk through the middle of them before you even get to your next stage. I'm also uh, Matt Hopkins and Todd Holmes have also said it. We've set it up to where we're going to actually give you a break before you go to the next stage to be able to walk into vendor row and actually look at all the products. My goal is to kind of do a, a poker run to where every vendor you go to, you get a stamp. If you get stamps from every vendor that you go talk to, you don't have to buy anything. This is, this is not about purchasing something. This is about giving back to the sponsors and letting the sponsors know that we appreciate them. You'll get a stamp and then you'll go into a raffle. There is zero reason why the sponsors of our sport are not treated like sponsors. <laughs> I just, yeah. you know, I own a business. I own two businesses. If I was a company that was to invest in our sport, it's a waste of money. Why? Because we don't make it special. We don't make the vendors what they are. You're, the investment, there has to be a return on it. Right. If you're going to invest $5,000 and I get a hundred dollars back, I'm not coming back. Right. I'm not coming back. It doesn't make sense. This is why guys like SIG and, and these bigger companies that keep investing in our business, in our, in our sport are amazing because I don't think they're getting their investment back, but they should, right. They should. And how do you get them to get their investment back? Put their guns and their optics in people's hands. I'm going to tell you right now, if I got a hundred dollars off on an optic at nationals, I'm buying it. I need one. I don't want to pay full price. Put it in front of me. Let me buy it. Give me a discount on it in person. I'll buy the damn thing, but I'm not going to wait and buy it online when I can pay the same price everywhere else. Make sense. Henning, Henning gave me discounts because I was in person buying it in person. He gave discounts at nationals. I bought all of it while I was there. (laughs) <laughs> I got my black Friday sale while I was at nationals. That's what sold it to me because it was already an amazing product, but I was also to save some money. He put it in my hands. I was able to buy it. You have to do that. You want to sell t-shirts, put them in front of somebody. Brian from hunters, HD gold sells glasses because two things, he makes it a freaking amazing product and he puts it on your face. <laughs> you know how many glasses you can put on your face that don't make a damn difference, but you're like, oh, they're just yellow glasses. Put on Hunter's HD Gold. They're not just yellow glasses. Right? Yeah, look at that girl wearing them glasses. <laughs> but that's the thing. People don't understand. This is what we're missing in our sport. This is what we're missing for our sponsors. We have to tell them. We have to give it back to them. They got that. We have to start treating them differently. Right. And it's not like, and I'm not saying USPSA treats them like shit. That's not what I'm saying at all. We just need to change our mindset about sponsorship. You don't bring somebody in like Coke or, or any of those companies unless they get investment back. Right. They just don't forget the gun thing. We, we think so small because we have guns, but you got to think differently. You got to give them a reason to give a, bring the money in. It's just how it works. And I'm a nobody, I'm a dumbass, but I even know that. <laughs> Tom, does your brain ever stop? No, no, not when it comes to this game. Like I love this sport. Like I love the sport. And, and before I forget to say it, like I, like we haven't mentioned it even here. Six overall. (laughs) Six in the country for PCC on a gun you trained like a couple days with pretty (laughs) impressive. Thank you. I appreciate it. 
So I guess that does Craig asked me if I'm going to shoot the super squad next year. So if I'm invited, I think I will. I'm going to shoot PCC nationals next year for the super squad. And I will train before I go. <laughs> so although it worked out pretty well, not doing that. Well, I will say, I will say one of the reasons why I will train for this nationals. And one thing I'm excited about next year is they, they put a nice gap between nationals next year. There's no back to back like they did this year. This year was tough for me physically and mentally because I had traveled so much for area matches and then they, they jammed up all the net. Well, they didn't do it on purpose. It just the way it worked, you know, with the Colorado thing and stuff. So it was, um, it is what it is. So that worked. So, all right, guys, you got anything? Greg, nothing, nothing, nothing. All right. Last time, last story. Craig Mason, last two stages. Okay. It's back to back two stages. There's a stage to the right. It's got an activator sequence where you have to shoot steel. There's a bobber that you don't shoot. It just had a no shoot on just to distract you. And then a, a, a nipstick target with a no shoot in front of it. And it was probably half a target. It wasn't like, it wasn't a super hard target, but it's probably half a target. So Mason comes up to that stage. Now this is Craig and Mason are neck and neck, right? Like it's coming down to the last two stages. Mason murders the stage to the right. Shoots it really well. The, the stage with the bobber on it. Craig comes up and shoots the stage and shoots a no shoot on that same thing, but murders the stage, like crushes it, but shoots the mic no shoot. So right away I knew Craig had lost the match because it was that close. I think it was, 10 points or so it was really close. So Craig loses. I, I knew he loses the match. Well, Mason decides to go to the next stage, which is a part-time stage, which a part-time stage means it's a Virginia count. You cannot shoot extra bullets. Mason decides to roll into the first target and rip three shots into the first target. So now he has an extra shot and an extra hit. On the target. Somehow, magically, he fucking wins the match. Did you so, see what I placed overall on that stage? No. 232nd. Oh, my. Oh, my God. And you still won your match. That is uh, unreal. What was there, like 250-something total <laughs> shooters? 250 shooters, and you're 10 away from the bottom or 20 away from oh the bottom. God, probably right there. Wow, that should make <laughs> Craig. I, there's no tall bridges around your house or anything. Is there? Are you okay? You're going to be all right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> you got to take away the razor blades. Oh, man. So I will make sure I will edit this video because I don't have to do a lot of editing normally, but I will edit this video, and I will make sure that I post the picture that I took with Craig and Mason at the end of the match. I, so Craig, I made Craig give me the sad face and Mason give me the shit eaten. I'm the man grin. So it was pretty awesome. Like it was just a good spirit. Yeah, but I also match. squatted down to where yeah, I'm like, he's got low. really low. Like <laughs> it was really awesome. Oh, and I'm going to make sure that I repost the famous 
picture of us holding Christina in front of our Da Vinci. Uh, that was a lot of weight, man. That was. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm on a diet now just because of that. I'm the only one that's holding her up, and Craig's <laughs> holding her shoelaces, and Mason's <laughs> pretending to hold her head. I'm the only one holding her up. She wasn't that heavy, by the way, but she was definitely heavier than she should have been because you lazy bastards didn't help at all. Well, like, he's smiling, and they're barely touching me, like, oh. oh <laughs> they're giving the face. <laughs> it was awesome. That was a good moment right there. Dude, I got it's a like, hernia from that shit, man. Thank you for hiding the pain. That was pretty awesome. All right. All right, guys. Well, we're going to wrap it up. If you are interested in an amazing rifle, definitely go down, check out Da Vinci Machining. The DG9 is a freaking amazing rifle. I actually helped create that rifle. That Actually, the rifle that we all shoot now is actually the one that I helped build. Um, I was lucky enough when I first started in the sport that uh, David Padavan was like, hey, man, here's my rifle. What do you think? And he allowed me to kind of change and move some things around. And, and, uh, it was pretty awesome experience that I actually, he listened to me cause I was a nobody. I still am. So it was pretty cool that when he did that, that I was able to turn that rifle into what it is today. And I want to make sure I bring this up because not a lot of people know he is now making a left-handed rifle, which if you're interested, uh, I believe he's starting to ma- manufacture them right now. So uh, again, I think that's davincimachining.com. Don't quote me, but I'll try to make sure I put the link in so you guys can check it out. And uh, if you're looking for training, Tom Castro Shooting Academy, I have an insider circle. I have online course. I actually am doing classes a lot. So if you're ever looking for private lessons or you want me to come out to your range, let me know. I am always open for that. All I need is 10 shooters and range access, and we got a class. So that is tcsacoaching.com. tcsacoaching.com will get you in there. You can check out the online course, and I give you two weeks free no matter what. It's, uh, It's free. Check it out. If you don't like it, you can exit anytime you want. Uh, if you like it, stay in. You're going to learn a lot. I'm actually getting ready to change a lot of things in that. Um, I'm adding a lot of individual categories, so I'm super excited about the new year. I'm going to really push a lot of stuff into there. So, all right, guys, thank you for joining me. I'm trying to keep the podcast to an hour, but I never shut up, so it didn't work <laughs> out, I don't think so. But it was awesome having you guys. We've been trying to do this for two months, I think. Wow. <laughs> We, our schedule sucks. Everybody's work. Christina went back to work. She stopped slacking off and taking a month vacation. So uh, that's, she's the one that really kind of screwed it up a couple of times, but she's the mature adult out of the group here. That's the truth right that's there. Bad. <laughs> I don't know how to adult. So I think we're just unsupervised. <laughs> All right, guys, we'll see you on the range.